Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt, and I am riding solo today because, get this, Casey had a birthday and his family decided to yeah surprise him and like spend time with him and celebrate this momentous occasion uh you know gosh can you believe it um um and we were off last week because of scheduling things so don't worry we're, we're we're we haven't gone anywhere um we are 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 planning to make sure that we don't have gaps but we've got some real bangers of episodes coming up um, we've got some some guests coming on um, I have some ideas, even though I have not told Casey yet. Um, so, a little tease there for you, Casey, if you're listening to this. I don't know. Maybe maybe you won't. I don't know. We'll see. Um, this will actually be the true test of whether Casey, to lis- Casey listens to uh, the, uh, 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 the solo podcast that I give. But um, I, I want to talk about the latest MCU series on Disney+, and that is... Um, or... or is Secret Invasion. And I want to start here that um, Bob Iger has come out and said that there was too much series content for the MCU and it was taking away from the movies. And I, I agree with that in, in certain cases, but... Um, um, I, I don't think it was necessarily taking away from the movies. I think they they discounted that out of this Infinity Saga, it was going to be difficult to try to retain people who are going to uh, be invested in the next story. And then not only are you saying, hey, you have to see the movies, but you're also saying, hey, you need to see all the, all of these series. And, and this plan started out pretty well. I mean, WandaVision cap, you know, captivated us. Um, now, I think some of that was, again, a post-COVID, like we hadn't had new content. But I, WandaVision, I think, even still, you go back and watch that series, it was really, really good. Then Loki comes out, same thing. Like, it's got a really solid... Really, really solid series. And then you start having some more lackluster ones. Um, you know, I, I think that Ms. Marvel, um, I really very much enjoyed, but I, I, I get where the criticism is. Um, She-Hulk is another one I, I thought was fantastic, but was not for everybody. And, um, and Secret Invasion has kind of been the worst reviewed out of all of them. And I've watched all six episodes, so I'm going to put a blanket, you know, spoiler uh, uh, out here. I'm going to talk some spoilers for this. But I'm going to kind of go through my thoughts on Secret Invasion and then kind of my thoughts on the MCU series as a whole because I don't think that Disney should get rid of them. Um, You know, I I think there's a lot of good stories to tell. And even, like, a series like Moon Knight. I thought Moon Knight was super, super cool and really didn't connect at all within the greater MCU universe. And that was okay. It was okay to have this standalone series that, as of this moment, does not connect in. So, okay, Secret Invasion. So, my first criticism is there are some characters in all movies that work really really well as side characters 
But if it was an entire movie about that character or an entire series about that character, we don't we don't love it as much. Perfect example. Um, car the Cars franchise. I am not a fan of Cars 2. Now, there's a myriad of reasons for that, but a big one is Mater is a great side character, not a great main character. We've talked about this on the pod before. If you were to come out and say, all right, it's Sebastian the movie, I don't really want to watch that. I like Sebastian the Little Mermaid. I like his songs. I like what he adds, but I don't need a full movie about that character. If you go to any of the Toy Story characters outside of, like, Woody and Buzz, if they were to say, all right, we're doing a Mr. Potato Head movie or a Rex the Dinosaur movie or a Slinky Dog movie, I'm just I'm just not interested in that. They work great in the context of the Toy Story franchise. I don't need a movie completely focused on that person. And this is where we come into Nick Fury. I think Nick Fury is a great, great character, but this series is a lot of Nick Fury. It's a lot of Nick Fury. And while Samuel Jackson plays Nick Fury very, very well, it just it just is it's more Nick Fury than I really needed. Uh, I, I will admit the second reason why I I I I didn't the series didn't land for me is some of the of Disney's fault and Marvel Studios' fault is they hyped this up as this big spy thriller. And and that is what Secret Invasion is, where you have this scroll invasion, and the scrolls have who can shapeshift have infiltrated or you don't you don't know who's a scroll. I've read the comic before, and that was the big thing with the comic, where you didn't know who was a scroll, you didn't know who to trust. And so really, if I were to describe that to you as a spy thriller, it would be like, listen, you're going to go through and you're not going to know who to trust. You're not going to know who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. At any point, someone can flip and and reveal themselves to be a mole and all that stuff. And I mean, if I said that, you'd be like, oh, heck yeah, that sounds really exciting. And that's not what this was. Um, A lot of the reveals are very telegraphed um the betrayals and the even deaths in this series don't really have an impact there's confusing situations that uh the scrolls decide just blatantly not to use their powers um perfect example of this is um talos's son gaia is a big main character this is amelia clark's character and she is a mole on the inside for the oppo- for um, for the good people, um, the good scrolls. And at some point, she has to blow her cover, and she decides to escape by sneaking, trying to sneak out of the compound, and hops on a very loud motorcycle and tries to go out the main entrance. Shocker, she gets caught. Um, to which I went. You can shapeshift, right? You, wh- why would you stay in your own appearance if you could just shapeshift into, I don't know, anybody else uh, and just walk and be like, oh, look, it's me. I'm just going to walk around the compound. No worries. And then also if you're escaping, maybe a loud motorcycle out the front entrance is not really the best way of doing that. So like that 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 just doesn't like that that that's not a big like spy through the thing that's like the worst spy ever 
And then, like, some of the other spy stuff and some of the other reveals just either were like, okay, cool, I guess. I mean, the big one, of course, being um, Colonel Rhodes, War Machine, Rhodey, was revealed to be a Skrull. And kind of the big thing that Kevin Feige and a lot of the Marvel Studios tried to play with us is, oh, and and guess how long he's been a scroll? He's been a scroll for a while. We don't know. You don't know when he when he became a scroll. And I think they were hoping that was going to be impactful, and that we were all going to go back and watch these films and figure out when Rhodey became a scroll, which I, I guess is semi interesting. But ultimately, outside of uh, Colonel Rhodes may not know that Tony Stark is dead, his best friend, because he was a scroll. That's really the only impactful thing I can think about that. And even as a scroll, his character does some things that I'm like, you know, it's pretty obvious that this guy is trying to instigate something. I mean, his big thing is he's trying to instigate a war. The scrolls are trying to instigate a war between Russia and um, America. And so in the, in the last episode, like the Colonel Rhodes is like very much advocating the president, like you need to bomb this place, you need to bomb this place. I'm, I'm like the lady doth protest too much here. Like if I I'm 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 watching this interaction, I'm sitting there and I'm going, if someone was next to me being this adamant that we needed to attack this other country, I'd be like, whoa man, just calm down here what like why why are you so in like wanting this to happen i'm the president here you just calm yourself down so it just it, it, the the reveals just weren't that shocking and the spy stuff wasn't that spy i i, I don't know like it, it didn't feel like a spy thriller it felt like i don't know we're just kind of running around and um I, like doing some spy things, but not really, and we're kind of doing it poorly. It just it it, it they build it the, to be this like really cool, intense espionage spy thriller, and it just wasn't that. I wasn't thrilled. Um, the the next thing that rubbed me the wrong way was every episode, and and I don't mean this as an exaggeration. There are six episodes of this, and in every episode. There are multiple characters that tell us how old and washed up Nick Fury is. Like, multiple times. This is this is a motif of the series. If you were to write a paper on this series, your thesis could be Nick Fury is old and washed up, and you could give easily, like, 10 to 12 citations of different characters saying how old and washed up Nick Fury is. It got to a point where it was like, yeah, we get it. He's old. I, I I understand. I could understand it in the first episode, you know, like you just you're you're not as good as you used to be, yada yada yada. But every single dang episode, I had to listen to a character tell Nick Fury or tell another character how they were talking about Nick Fury, about how old and washed up he is, and he's not going to be he's not going to be a factor. Oh, uh, yada yada. Oh, he's just old and washed up. Oh, you're old and washed up, Nick Fury. And it, it just got to a point where it was like, okay, yep, we can have this conversation again. All right, cool. We'll get old and washed up, Nick Fury. To which uh, he he really wasn't that old and washed up. He just kind of made dumb decisions at times, <laughs> and and then also did some pretty easy espionage things that 
I mean, people, it could have easily been thwarted, but people just kind of decided not to. So that, that was a, a whole thing in the series. Um, as usual, like, the villain just doesn't, doesn't get enough time to breathe. I thought Gravik is the villain, and I, I, I think they do a nice job of painting his motives, um, and uh, his motives make sense, and so, you know, he's a little bit more in the gray area, all that stuff. But um, because it's, again, another one-and-done Marvel villain, um, it's, it, it just kind of just like, okay, yeah, that guy was there and awesome, cool, I guess. Um, the other storyline that is big is Nick Fury is married, and he's married to a Skrull. Um, significant amount of time spent on this. Once again, kind of takes you out of the spy thriller um, because... She is, like, working with Gravik, the villain, but pretty easily isn't working with him. Like, pretty much very quickly is like, yeah, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. And so you're like, oh, so you're a, a mole that's not doing what... Uh, it just... Again, that was that could have been, like, a big, really shocking reveal of, like, oh, his wife is, is, is really actually kind of working behind the scenes and, and helping the enemy. Oh, no, she just immediately decides to defect from that. So she's just not... And, and then there's just so much time spent on their relationship, which goes back to, again, the whole side character thing. I, I wasn't sitting around in the MCU movies going, man, this fight this fight with Thanos is really cool. But you know what I could learn some more about? Nick Fury's personal life. That's really what I need to really fill out this story. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't need that. And I guess referencing it and, like, having it be part of the story is fine, but it, it, just, it just took up so much time. So much time spent on that. So that, that plot device just didn't didn't quite land and now that seems to be a plot device that's going to um extend on into the marvels which um you know i'll get to kind of my opinions on that in just a little bit but uh uh it, it, it just in in the context of the series it doesn't really do much for me um and then finally i i think this one this one was just kind of a funny thing at, at the end of the uh the end of the uh, series. The big finale is this big fight between Gaia and Gravik, where they are both transformed into Super Scrolls. Because, and the reason that they're able to do this is that because they're Nick Fury and a Scroll team after the battle with Thanos went to the battlefield and got all the DNA from every one of the heroes and villains and put it in a vial. Which, I don't know why that was a good idea. I, that, that's another thing that's just kind of not explained. It's like, we did this. It's like, why? Why did you do this? There, there, there's no way this ends up working well for you. Because he just has it hidden away. And so it's like, literally, you're just wanting someone to turn villainous and be like, yeah, give me all the DNA from the Avengers and all of Thanos' minions and everything. It just doesn't make any sense. But it does make for a pretty, very, very cool fight. Um, where basically these two scrolls are able to take on the powers of all of these Avengers and everything like that. Uh, you may have seen the the picture of Amelia Clark with the like tiny Drax arm, which is just very funny. I I, I think that's very very funny. But I do think this is very funny uh, and very interesting because it's a big giant CGI fight at the end, which Marvel is known for. 
and they call themselves out on this in She-Hulk. If you have not watched She-Hulk, She-Hulk ends very differently than most series. It's about to like go into this big final act um, where this big CGI fight, and, and all of a sudden the, the She-Hulk stops the series, so to speak, and breaks the fourth wall. You know, gets out of, uh, goes to the real world. There's a really great scene of her like walking past the Seven Dwarves Animation Studios, just She-Hulk walking down down the campus, and basically like calls out Marvel for being like, why do we need a big giant CGI fight? Like, what's the point of that? People don't always want that. They want to re- they want things to be resolved in a different way. And lo and behold, what do we get? We get a giant CGI fight in the very next series. So Marvel calls themselves out saying, we know this is kind of like a shtick that we use too much, but we're also going to immediately use it in the next series. Hilarious. Um, and it's not a bad fight. It's fine. But it just again, it just doesn't, because the rest of the series doesn't build up to it, you don't really feel the emotion of it. Um, there's also now the question of, you have a Super scroll that has all the powers of all the Avengers that I'm going, so that person's just the most powerful being in the universe right now? Um, is, is, are we worried about this? Are, it, it, it just seems like that's the person now we should call for any problems. Um, any problems that we have, it's like, Gaia, you want to like, you know, just take care of this for us? Hey, great. Okay, we're gonna go have lunch. Um, and so, and then you have a, you know, kind of a Nick Fury, uh, you know, aspect of this as well, where, you know, he's stopping the, he's stopping Rhodey from, or scroll roadie from, you know, bombing Russia and all this other stuff. So it, it, there, there was just a lot of confusing things in this series. Now, um, it does end with a setup towards the Marvels, which is a, which is the next, um, um, a, a, one of the next Marvel movies coming out um, with Captain Marvel, uh, obviously from Captain Marvel. And then you've got, um, uh, 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 oh, I'm, I'm, uh, Rambo, um, Photon, uh, who we saw in WandaVision. And then, um, we've got Ms. Marvel, um, Kamala Khan, who, of course, is in the Ms. Marvel series. So, they've spent a lot of time with these series, kind of introducing us to a lot of the Marvels things. So, obviously, Ms. Marvel introduces Ms. Marvel. And then, this series kind of gives a... It's Fury and his wife kind of get beamed up back to Saber, which is the, you know, space station that Fury's doing work on. And basically it's the idea of, like, the Kree and the Skrulls are ready to have peace talks. And that seems to be kind of where the Marvels is going to pick up. Now, the trick that that Kevin Feige and the, and Marvel Studios talked about with these series is that, and, and is that they wanted these series to not be something that people had to watch. And their reasoning for this was they were, rightfully so, worried about, okay, we're going to overload our fans here. And we're going to not just overload the fans, but we're going to overload the common folk. Because now, you know, person like me, I'm watching everything. Even even as disappointing as Secret Invasion was, I'm watching every other series that comes out. I'm going to watch all the movies. I'm going I'm to watch it all. You got me. But I'm sure there's some of you that are listening that are like, I have never watched a Marvel series I don't really want to watch a Marvel series. I just like going to see the movies with my friends. 
um, or I have someone who's a diehard into it, my my partner, my spouse, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my friend, my mom, my dad, whomever, my kid. And so I go see it with them and I enjoy it. It's a good time. You know, I follow the story, but I don't need to invest more time into this. And so on the one hand, that's great because, uh, you know, you're recognizing that your fan base does not want to have to consume everything. The flip side of that, though, is that because you can't have anything that is real and impactful happen in these series, nothing really happens in these series. So this is a perfect example where, you know, She-Hulk is definitely trying to, or She-Hulk, um, Secret Invasion is definitely trying to set up this con- this kind of conflict that's going to happen in the Marvels, like what's going to happen here. But they can't set it up so much that somebody walking into the Marvels doesn't understand what's going on. And so you end up with this series where it's like this feels like more should have happened that really shifts the balance of the MCU. Secret Invasion is a huge event that happens in the Marvel Universe. And this kind of makes it feel like an afterthought. I think this was one of the things that, that held back Ms. Marvel is that... They had to make sure that, yes, this is introducing this character, but also we can't give so much information that uh, it's going to be confusing for the people who see the movie. Um, So when you have nothing that really happens, then you start to kind of get into the, okay, so why why does anybody want to watch this? If this doesn't have an impact on the universe, but you're going to bill it as it is going to have an impact, but not too much of an impact, but also, like, it, 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 it you, you don't have anything. You have nothing. And so that's kind of what this series feels like. It feels like they're billing this as this huge epic event that you have to watch, but also nothing's really... The stakes are really high, but not too high. And honestly, they can't be too high. They're actually really low because nothing can really happen until the movies. And that's, that's the problem that, that I think this series has... It kind of shows all of the warts of the MCU TV series. So, uh, you're, you might be thinking, Matt, well, what, well like, do, you, do you think they should just get rid of them? And I, I know I said earlier in this pod, like, no, they, they absolutely should not. Um, but I, I think what they missed on uh, an opportunity is exactly what Netflix did when they started their Marvel series. And these were set, so this was Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. And that culminated in, a, in a, the Defenders series. And then uh, some of the other series got season two and even Daredevil got season three. And these were a part of the MCU. Um, they, they were very much billed to be in the same universe. However, outside of a throwaway line, just to ground it in the universe, there was not any reference to the greater universe. No cameos. There was no... Um, there was no, um, like, you know, an Iron Man didn't come in. There was no, like, oh, you have to watch this in order to understand the next movie. 
It was its own self-contained thing. And this is what I wish that the MCU had done, is done their own self-contained storyline that ran through the MCU TV, or Disney Plus MCU. Um, you could have very easily picked a group of heroes like the Defenders. The reason that the Defenders work in their own universe is because they're fighting corruption on a more localized level. Iron Man, the Hulk, Captain America are not going to get involved in Hell's Kitchen's gang problems because it affects Hell's Kitchen, but it doesn't affect the greater world. Like, it's not a worldly threat. Which is why, which is why the heroes don't get involved. That which is why Kingpin is a villain that can work in a city that in a more contained city because it doesn't attract the attention of the bigger heroes. This is a big plot point in Spider-Man: Homecoming that Vulture talks about this. He's like, listen, I, you know, after he scolds his henchmen for putting on a big display of these alien weapons. He's like, we don't need Iron Man, Captain America, the Hulk to be sniffing around here. We don't have a shot against them. We have to keep a low profile and then they will not bother us. And that's exactly what you could they could have done with the MCU. And that's what Netflix did, where Daredevil and Luke Cage and uh, and Jessica Jones and uh, and um, um, Iron Fist were all fighting crime in their own communities, and so it it was big for them, but it wasn't so big that you were left questioning of like why don't they just call up Iron Man? And because if they did, he would go like, well, <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. Um, and so I, I think that the MCU should have done their version of this, and they could have sprinkled in. Um, some other stuff. Um, like, I mean, it's hard to say that WandaVision shouldn't have existed. It's hard to say that um, Loki should not have existed. But, like, it would have been very cool for them to kind of make a secondary storyline almost. And so, again, like, if you're... You keep the movie storyline going, but then you have this adjacent storyline that, again, is is connected in. It's grounded in the same universe, but it's its own storyline. And from there, it's not super hard to bring those characters in for a huge crossover event. Um, and then, to me, there's real stakes there. And even if you never cross them over, that's okay. It's okay to do something, again, I'm going to compare this to the Netflix thing, of being like, all right, and we're going to do The Defenders, which is, uh, you know, like The Avengers, but just more low-key. Why not have something that, like, all right, we're doing these Disney Plus series, and it's all going to culminate in this event. It's not an event that's like the Endgame saga or the Infinity saga, but it's still going to be an event that you're going to want to invest in. It's going to have real stakes. The characters are going to be well-developed. We're going to get them involved and make them feel like there are actual consequences to what's going on. Whereas when they're trying to connect it to the movies and the big epic movie universe, but they can't connect it so much that people who are going to see the movies are confused so they stop going to see the movies because they're not going to invest in the series, the House of Cards falls. And so I, I do think it is good that they're maybe going to dial back some and go kind of go back to the drawing board. Um, but I, I think they just kind of misjudged 
how much people wanted to watch just filler. Um, Just like, okay, here's just a filler series to get you to the next movie. And nothing's really going to happen, but it'll it'll get you your MCU fix. So, I mean, overall, I I, I think there's some good moments in it. Um, uh, The MI6 agent that they have, any scene with her in it is is absolutely fantastic. Uh, She has an interrogation scene in Secret Invasion that's just absolutely wonderful. Um, and she's pretty. She seems pretty diabolical. I hope we see more of her. Uh, but um, it, it's it's a series that I, I'm not. I think it's one of the first ones that I'm I'm not telling people like, hey, you know, give it a chance. Really, ooh, excuse me. Really, um, you know, try to slog through it because it really, you know, it really is charming and good. I, that, that's what I, I said about Ms. Marvel. People were bashing Ms. Marvel. I'm like, you should absolutely watch that series. Um, Kamala Khan is a very likable character. Her parents are very likable. Um, like, I, her mother is definitely overbearing, but they go into that, and she's not painted to be the enemy. Her dad is a big sweetheart. Um, it's, it, there's some cool powers. There's an interesting, you know, an interesting storyline of how she got her powers and this whole idea of there's this fan base out there that loves the Avengers, and it, 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 it's... It's a really, really cool series that I think is worth checking out. This is one that I'm, I'm just like, you can probably read the Wikipedia synopsis and and like Google best scenes of Secret Invasion on uh, YouTube and and probably be okay. And I feel bad saying that. Like I, I, I wish that I could sit here and be like, you should watch this, but I just. I, I, I'm, I'm just not there. I, it, it's, it, was a, it was a series that I did not watch the day it came out a lot of the time. Be like, ah, I'll get around to it. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll catch it tomorrow. Oh, well, I missed it today because I got busy doing other stuff. Ah, I'll just catch it tomorrow. No worries. Um, and that wasn't the case with a lot of MCU series. With a lot of the MCU and even Star Wars series. I'm like, oh man, it's that day. Uh, you know, Can I catch this on my lunch? Can I catch, uh, when's, the, when's the first opportunity that I have to sit down and watch this? So, so that's kind of my thoughts there um, on Secret Invasion. Um, so we will be back next week. Um, I don't know the episode idea. I'm actually going to pitch something to Casey. Um, but uh, we got some bangers of episodes coming up. So definitely... Uh, uh, keep an eye out on the feed. Um, let me think here. Um, if you are, we are, of course, sponsored by Magical Memories by Casey Woolley. Um, go to CaseyWoolley.com if you are looking to plan your next Disney or Universal trip or all-inclusive resort trip. Um, in all seriousness, like when I'm going to be planning a trip, I'm absolutely going to go to Casey, even though I have what I would consider to be more knowledge than the common folk. Um, absolutely still going to Casey to have him help me and take some of the stress off of it. So um, if nothing else, subscribe to his email list. Um, He's got great tips and tricks there. So even if you're like, I don't need to use a travel agent, but you still just kind of want some tips and tricks, absolutely uh, uh, go and check that out. Um, If you want to email us, beersandears1928 at Uh, gmail.com. Facebook group, Beers and Ears Podcast. Um, Twitter, Instagram, at beersandears1928. Uh, let's see. Uh, you can check out Sorcerer Network on YouTube, doing some board games. Uh, Ticket to Ride and Seven Wonders are kind of the things that we're doing right now. Um, so I'm having a good time with that. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that's going on. Um, I don't think so. I think that's it. 
Um, uh, it's really awkward to end one of these podcasts by yourself. So I'm going to do some finger guns. Uh, you can't see them, but I'm doing some finger guns. And I will say, see you next time.